Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This week, CJ and I are in camps. So what I wanted to do is go into the archives and to our vault, right, and share with you a podcast that deals with improvement, how you know whether you're improving or not, and also give you some tips on how to deal with a battle when you're, you know, sometimes you're the victor and sometimes you're not. This week, we're going to get into both of those. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. Hope you're doing well and having a good week. What we're going to talk about today is a couple of interesting things. First, we're going to talk about how do you know when you're improving? How do you, how do you actually know that the work you're putting in, the time you're putting in on court, the study, whatever you're doing to improve as a player is actually bearing fruit? I'm going to give you a couple ideas, uh, maybe a little bit uh, different uh, ideas to think about when you're determining how you're doing out there on the pickleball court and whether you're improving. Then in the riff, I want to talk about American swimmer Katie Ledecky and not so much what she did at the Olympics because it's, it's, it is amazing what she did and all that, but her perspective on it. I thought it was really interesting, so I captured a couple of quotes from her uh, in terms of her performance at the Olympics, and I wanted to share that with you. I think it'll help you hopefully give you better context and perspective when you're out there on the pickleball court. You ready for the podcast? Let's get into it. Pickleball, like life, has inflection points. Those times when the light bulbs just go on and you see everything better. It's the same with pickleball. Sometimes those light bulbs will go on and you're going to play better. If you're ready to turn on the lights of pickleball, join us inside the pickleball system. Class is open for registration. It's only a limited amount of time. I don't know when you're listening to the podcast, so I can't tell you exactly when, but it's pretty soon. I'm going to put a link below. Go to thepickleballsystem.com and join us for our next class. Let CJ and I show you how to turn on the lights. We'll see you in class. All right, so you've put in the work. You're out there. You're Whether you're drilling, playing more often, thinking about the game, studying it, uh, you're in something like a VI Pickleball where you're thinking about you know, how to become a better pickleball player. You're studying, you know, the, not just studying the game, but, but actually really taking time to think about how the game is played, how you can approach it, how you can accomplish your objectives, right? Whatever your objectives are as a player. And, you know, there are some there are some metrics that you can use, some some objective metrics. For instance, let's say you're working on your third shots and you used to be able to do five out of ten, and now you can do seven out of ten. That's good. So you're showing improvement there as it's an objective way to know that your work is paying off in that particular very discrete area. But how do you know that you're overall becoming a better pickleball player? And that becomes a little more subjective. I mean, the, the objectives, the objective criteria of, again, number of third shots and things like that's one thing. I guess in theory, if you play at a tournament, particularly if you're playing at one of the bigger tournaments like the U.S. Open or TOC or Nationals, it doesn't have to be that big, but something like that, a tournament that's that has a, a solid pool of players and you succeed in in winning in your division, then that would give you, I think, a pretty good idea of where you stand relative to other players that have the same numerical uh, level that you ascribe to yourself. But what I want to do is give you three different metrics that you can use that'll help you uh, maybe think about your game more holistically. So how are you doing as an overall pickleball player? Not just the third shot, not just your serves, not just unforced errors and things like that, but how you're performing as a pickleball player when you play on the court. The first one actually is is objective, but it, it's a little more holistic because it takes up it, it looks at a bigger piece of your game, 
And it's an area that we focus on a lot inside VI Pickleball. It's one of the, the first things that we focus on with players uh, when they come into VI Pickleball because it's one of the things that's overlooked, but it can really, really improve your game. And what that is, it's getting past four. What we mean by that is, you know, if you watch most rec playing, most rec games, the average shots per rally are somewhere around two and change. It depends on the on how good the players are and how aggressive and things like that. But it can range between, say, two and low threes, right? So low twos to low threes is the usual average that you're seeing out there in terms of shots per rally. And we're talking about there is obviously just going through it. You have the serve, the return of serve, your third shot and your fourth shot. That's your first four shots. Then after that, you can have any kind of shot. It depends on how those shots are there, right? So you could be at the MVZ dinking. You might be back at the baseline, you know, defending some slams. You could be lobbing, whatever. But the point is you have your, your four shots are your serve, your return, your third, and your fourth. So if you're consistently getting past four shots, what that tells you is that it, your, your side at least is not missing the serve, the return, the third, or the fourth. Okay, So that, what that does, it gives you a good metric. It's a good number that you can look at to determine how well you're doing on average in at least getting past those first four shots. Because if you, if you get past those first four shots, then you can play like sexier pickleball. You can play like more interesting pickleball uh, and more interesting, but you can play more complex pickleball, let's say, once you get past the first four shots. But again, most of the time, if you look at averages, my guess is most, most listeners out there are going to be in the threes. You're going to maybe, maybe in the threes, maybe low threes, maybe even mid threes, but you're not past four. So you want to get it past four. What happens is when you get your average past four, you, what you're going to find is you're going to find one of two things. Either your opponents can't get past four, right? In other words, the, 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 the rallies aren't going past four, not because of anything you did, but because your opponents are missing a shot before you get to that average. If that's the case, then you're just going to win a lot of games. You're going to be killing it out there because, you know, if you can, if you can consistently get past four, but your opponents, say you're a 4.2 average team, you and your partner, and you're playing a team that's a 2.6 average team, you're going to win every game. They can't win. Because you're just gonna you're just gonna roll them every time because you you your average is so much higher you're so much more consistent on the first four shots. The other thing that can happen is you you're a 4.2 average team and your opponent's a 4.2 average team. But what's gonna happen then is you're just gonna play some really cool pickleball. You're gonna be out there playing a lot of interesting uh, rallies, really long rallies. You know, like the 12 shot rally isn't gonna jump out anymore. Not to say it's not great. It's great you're playing 12 shot rallies. But the 12-shot rally isn't going to be that big a deal because now your big deal is going to be a 24 or 30-shot rally because your, your average is moving up. So average is a really good – average shots per rally is a really good metric that you can use to see how you're playing and whether you're improving. So if you want to do that, video yourself and then start taking notes as to your uh, how you're doing out there on the court. So getting past four, good metric. The other two are a little more amorphous, but the first one is time. So what you want to do is you want to say, okay, I'm playing, um, you know, X and Y. I'm playing a team that usually beats me, right? They're they're just a better team right now than I am. I'm working on my game. I'm I'm trying to improve, but I, this team is just right now is is just too put together for me to beat them. And a game against them usually takes six minutes, five minutes, seven minutes, something like that. Well, what if I can make the game last nine minutes or ten or eleven minutes, right? So what I want you to look at is I want you to look at am I lasting longer against the same teams that would beat me in a shorter amount of time before. If you're doing that, what you're doing is you're extending the game. Extending the game indicates that you're playing better. You're not 
your, your number of errors are down. You know, you look at it holistically, your number of errors are down, your decision making is better, you're harder to score points on and things like that. So that'll give you a good indicator that you're playing better if you can extend time. Back when I was a tennis player, they used to say, you know, obviously you want to win the, the match, but if you can't win the match, try and win a set. If you can't win a set, try and win a game. If you can't win a game, uh, try and win a point. If you can't win a point, try and make it as long as you can. So it's kind of the same thing here where your objective is not to beat X and Y right now, right? Because that's just not, it, that's not in the, in the cards right now. But what you can do is you can say, you know what? You might beat me, but we're going to be out here for 20 minutes. We're going to be out here for 15 minutes. That's a good, good target for you to have. So time is the second one. The last one I give you is probably the most amorphous. And usually I'm not a big fan of allowing uh, people other than yourself to get to, be, to to influence how you feel about yourself. I think it's just a bad idea outside pickleball through just in general uh, to allow extraneous factors to influence your self view. But you can, if you're as long as you have enough you know self confidence anyway, you can kind of see how others are reacting to you. In other words, you know, are are you uh, you know are, are are players more eager to play with you? Right? Uh, if players are more eager to play with you or have you on the court. That's an indicator that they, at least from their vantage point, you are starting to be seen as that kind of player. Again, you have to do this, do, use this one with caution. But looking at how others are, are treating you and how they're reacting to you can be a potential way to, to see how you're doing, at least in terms of their eyes, holistically as a pickleball player. So those are some ideas to, to kind of get you out of the, okay, I'm doing 9 out of 10 or 7 out of 10 of this shot. That's great, but all it does is tell you about the shot. These maybe are a little more holistic, with the most important one by far being the, the past four. Again, past four on average. The second one being uh, time is a really good indicator. And the very last one would be how others are kind of perceiving you. Uh, but again, be careful with that one and don't let that one drag you down because there are going to be times where court number one or whatever the high court in your area just doesn't want you on there. Uh, that happens. And don't, uh, don't be discouraged by that. Just know, okay, well, I, maybe I have more work to do in my game. Uh, and eventually, not only will you be on court one, uh, you'll be telling the players on court one, hey, you guys go over to court two because I'm on court one. So anyway, so hopefully that, that helps you uh, uh, notice when you're improving and your hard work is paying off. In the riff, we're going to talk about the Katie Ledecky story. It's really interesting. Uh, it's not her whole story. It's just some of the words she said after her Olympic performance. That was really helpful to gain, give us some perspective on ourselves as athletes and pickleball players. So stay tuned for the riff. Most pickleball players spend a lot of time thinking about and comparing pickleball paddles. But you know what's more important than a pickleball paddle? Your shoes. Are you wearing the right kind of shoes to play pickleball in? If you're not sure, consider trying out shoes that are designed and made specifically for pickleball. Tyrol shoes are the shoes that CJ and I both wear out on the pickleball court. Remove any doubt about whether the shoes you're wearing are right for pickleball. Check out Tyrol Shoes. I'll put a link in the show notes. Protect your most valuable asset out there, your body, with the right shoes. Wear the right shoes and play longer on the court. All right, so if you've been following the Olympics at all at all in the last several times, uh, you know the name Katie Ledecky. She's uh, one of the most decorated American swimmers and uh, I never met her, but she seems like a very nice person, very level-headed, and the way she carries herself, it, it appears from everything I've seen. And what happened was she was she was in a race. I don't even remember what race it was because it doesn't matter for purposes of this conversation. And she came in second. And the, when she when it was done, she said basically, as a quote, quote, I can't be too disappointed with that. That was my second best swim ever in that category she was swimming, right? 
I felt like I fought tooth and nail, and that's all you can ask for. So that last statement, I felt like I fought tooth and nail, and that's all you can ask for, was, was I thought, really, um, again, level-headed of her, uh, understanding that even though she's out there, she's battling the best she can, doesn't mean she's going to win, right? Uh, now, only one swimmer in the pool can win, and it wasn't her day to win. And so I thought her, her perspective there was really good. And I also thought the, the winner's statement was really interesting. She said she gave credit to Ledecky because she had grown up basically, you know, watching Ledecky and, and inspired by Ledecky. And she basically said that Ledecky, so she said, the, the, the winner said, she set this amazing standard for middle distance freestyle for girls. And if I didn't have someone like that to chase, I definitely wouldn't be swimming the way I am. I'm really grateful to have her more than anything. I've just had fun out there. So here you have the gold medalist now congratulating the, the basically Ledecky and Ledecky's uh, efforts in the pool, not just in terms of being a competitor with her, but also in terms of the influence that she's had on her. So think about that when you're playing pickleball. You're out there on the courts. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, maybe in January you're the best player on the courts, and maybe in April there's another player that's a be- that's improved past you, right? Uh, or at least is, is, is winning more often than you are on that same court. You know, instead of being upset about that player, right, maybe look at it in terms of how you contributed to the whole pickleball communities in your area's uh, play and drove that player to understand the game better and to improve their own game. Uh, I think that's really helpful. And then what I, what I really liked, uh, what and I, I can't really, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name probably, but it's Ariarn Titmus. She's the one that won the, uh, the gold. She said, uh, being in the battle is the best thing. So I'm going to repeat that again. Being in the battle is the best thing. So here we have the gold and silver medalists in the Olympics, so the two best swimmers in the in the world uh, in that cat in that uh, event. Um, but their words are just so um, level-headed again, so mature. And I think it's something that we can take out when we're playing on the pickleball court to understand that the battle, the fighting tooth and nail, that's what matters. Uh, you know, some days we'll be the better player. Some days we're not going to be the better player. And that's just how the sport, you know, once you, if you sign up to play pickleball, you understand that there's a chance you're going to lose. And if you're playing against competition that's worth playing, there's a chance they're going to beat you because that's how you know you're playing a good match. So enjoy the battle, fight tooth and nail, fight the best you can. And then once everything is over, accept the results with grace, right? And, and continue as, as coach uh, Peter Scale says, who we, uh, we, we're big fans of him in VI Pickleball, and he's been a guest uh, inside the community several times and really helped a lot of our players. As he always says, you know, honor the game. Honor the game that you play and the game that you love. So hopefully that'll help you have some perspective when you're out there next time and things aren't going exactly your way, even if they are going your way, to have a little more humility uh, in, in the game. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Uh, next week, we're going to have our interview with Lynn Cherry from Pickleball Fire. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a rating. It really helps us reach other players and share it with your friends, folks. If you like it, they probably will too. Be well, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>